Amen. How many believe that this morning, that he is the last word? There's no other word that needs to be spoken. He has done it. What an amazing time of worship together. Thank you, team, for leading us. Uh, we have a great celebration planned here this morning. We're glad that you're here. I hope you're ready to celebrate what God has done as we look at what we call our 2018 year in review. But we're going to start as we do always here at Crossroads. If you would, take out your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. If you don't have a Bible, there is one in the seat back in front of you. If you turn with us to page 901. John chapter 14, page 901. If you're here this morning, you don't have a Bible in your home, take that with you as a gift from our church. You want to make sure that you have a copy of God's Word. God has spoken. He's revealed himself through the pages of the Bible, been translated through the centuries in different languages. We now have it in our language and are able to know God through his word, and so we want to make sure that you have a copy of God's word. We, we get the chance of giving out literally hundreds of Bibles throughout the year uh, to, to folks and say, hey, I need a Bible, and so we want to make sure you take that. Uh, we would love for you to have that, and so we're going to be looking John 14, page 901. As we dive in, uh, there is probably one thing that almost every Christian of every persuasion, and there are some different persuasions of, of Christianity, different ideas and beliefs about certain things, and uh, while the essential core doctrines are the same, there are many different per, uh, peripheral uh, doctrines, outside doctrines that people think about, but almost every Christian uh, in our world today would agree that Jesus called the church to be his plan A, plan B, and plan C for the hope of the world, that the church inspired by the Holy Spirit in them, is meant to live out the message of Jesus Christ as they live on mission for Jesus Christ. Almost everybody would agree with that. That we are, as Christians, living out the mission as we share the message. I don't think we see that any deeper or more relevant than we do in John chapter 14. This is the message. In John chapter 14... Jesus has gathered his disciples in the upper room. He is about ready to go to the garden, which will eventually lead to his arrest. He will then be taken to the cross. He will die, he will rise again, and then he will ascend days later. So he gathers his disciples for one last moment in the upper room, and he gives them some truths, some, some factual information that's going to help them after he's gone. John 14 is, is one of the most well-known verses, verse 6. It's where Jesus says that uh, there's no salvation except them. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6, no one comes to the Father but by me. There's only one salvation, and that's in Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. But then we come to verse 12. And I want us to look at verse 12, one verse here today that I think if we reflect on, it's amazing to think about what it does in the call of our lives. Let's, let's take a look together, verse 12. It says this, John 14, 12, it says, Truly, truly, again, Jesus is speaking, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these he will do, because I'm going to the Father. That's a pretty bold statement, isn't it? Jesus here in the upper room with his disciples says, 
Whoever believes in me will do the works that I do. In fact, not only will they do the works that I do, but they'll do greater works than I've ever done. Now, there are many persuasions and many pastors and teachers that will say, well, those works must be miraculous, right? These are sensational acts. It, it must be that you and I have the opportunity to do sensational, miraculous things, unexplainable things as a result of this verse. But let me just say practically that doesn't work, does it? Uh, let's just be honest this morning. How many of you this past week helped a lame man walk? Anybody? Anybody this past week um, heal a leper? Anybody this past week feed 5,000 people with a Lunchable? Anybody raise your hand? If you have, I'm going to sit down and let you take over. Anybody here do the ultimate and bring someone back to life from the dead? Anybody do that this week? Anybody here last week was in the grave and now you rose yourself? Anybody like that? If you did, we're all sitting down at your feet, right? None of us have done that. So clearly, this isn't talking about miraculous works. In fact, can I tell you something that's really interesting when you read the Gospels? And you're not going to hear this from many places, but this is absolutely true. Do you realize that the Gospels and the New Testament doesn't call those miraculous works that Jesus did miracles? He doesn't call them miracles. In fact, what the Gospel writers call them are signs. You, you know why? Because the works that Jesus did weren't meant to just merely be miraculous. They were meant to be signs of a greater work that Jesus was going to do. Because if he could heal you physically, then certainly he can heal the deeper need of our soul that needs salvation. The miraculous works that Jesus did throughout his ministry on earth were all a sign pointing to the greatest work that Jesus will ever do, which is to awaken my dead heart to life again. To be able to save me out of the death I deserve and to give me eternal life. See, all the works were meant to point to a greater work, and that is salvation in Jesus Christ. Notice here, he says th there will be greater works. Notice he doesn't say greater miracles. He doesn't say greater signs. He doesn't say greater, greater power. In fact, the word work here is the word ergon. It's where we get our word energy. It's the idea that you and I will be doing something with our energy that will be greater than what Christ would do himself on the earth. And the secret of this is found in the last verse. The last part of this verse. Notice what he says. Because I am going to the Father. He says that those who believe in me will do greater works. Why? Because I am going to to the Father. What was he talking about? Well, certainly he was going to die on a cross for our sins. He was going to rise again three days later. And then he was going to walk on the earth with his followers for a little bit more. And then, right before he ascends into heaven, what does he do? He gives a great commission. He says to his followers, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He, he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and preach the gospel, the good news that I have come to save. This is the greater work that Jesus is calling, and then he ascends into heaven. Then what happens? If you read the story, remember in Acts chapter 2, the followers of Jesus are waiting in an upper room, the same upper room 
They're waiting for this moment where the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And what's the first thing that they do? The first thing that they do, they begin to preach the message of the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ. They begin to do the mission of Christ by preaching the message of Christ to people that never heard it before. It's the first thing they do. And all of a sudden, thousands of people begin to join together, and the church is formed. By the way, the word church literally means called out ones. We are called out on mission to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. So, as we do these things, as we preach the gospel, as we proclaim Jesus in our lives, guess what happens? We're actually, do, actually doing greater works than Jesus could do while he was on earth. Now, how is it greater? That's the question we're left with. I want to mention two things that I think are true. First of all, these works are greater in range. Right, the church, the body of Christ throughout history has had a greater range of impact than Jesus alone could have on earth. When Jesus was on earth, he was limited in his impact because it only could be at one place at one time in the flesh. Certainly he was larger than just flesh, he was God, but in the flesh he could only be at one place at one time. But when he ascended and he commissions the church, Christians, now all of a sudden there is a greater range of the work that we are able to do for the cause of Jesus Christ. There's a greater range. Secondly, there's also a greater number. Literally, the church has multiplied the message of Jesus by living the mission of Jesus. Literally, the number has multiplied throughout history from 3,000 to, to 10,000 to 20,000. In fact, Christianity eventually comes to our country and, and we in our history get to hear the gospel and we are sitting here today as a result of the faithfulness of the multiplication aspect of the number of people proclaiming the message of Jesus Christ. Now, before we go any further, I know when we bring up numbers, that makes church people really nervous, right? Because it's prideful to talk about numbers in church. I always argue there's a book in the Bible called Numbers. God cares about numbers because numbers represent people. We, we take this weekend every year to pause and really celebrate what God did, and we're going to look at some numbers. And, and, and I've been in pastoral ministry. I started as a lead pastor in my hometown when I was 28 years old, and so I've learned some things over the years. Here's what I've learned when it comes to numbers and celebration. What I've learned is there's going to be part of you Half of you that are going to feel like, well, okay, today we're going to be all about the numbers. That's what Cross is all about. Dave, you're all about the numbers, right? It's all about the numbers all the time. Big churches are all about numbers. And then there's another half of you that say, Dave, why do we never hear about the numbers? We're like, why don't you ever give us reports about what's happening? Why don't you ever tell us exactly where our budget is and where the attendance is? Like, there's some of you love those reports. And so for you, we never have enough of those. And so here's what I've learned in over a decade of leading churches. churches. I've learned I can't win that. Like, there's no way for me to win that. And so we select one to two days a year, one of them at the beginning of the year, to celebrate what God has done, to celebrate the greater works that he is doing through that. In fact, can I change the question? Instead of it being about numbers, here's a better question that we should ask. Do we believe that ministry is something that I do for God? That's the bigger question. Or is ministry something that God does through me as I yield my life to him? See, the way you're going to feel this morning is going to be the answer to that question. 
if you look at these numbers and think, well, we're all about the numbers, then what you're going to really think is that ministry is accomplished because we do it for God. But can I tell you that's not true? Ministry is accomplished because God does his work through his people when they yield themselves to him. And that's our goal is to say, for 2018, it is amazing to think about the church that has yielded themselves to God for his goodness and his glory. And what God has done is amazing things, greater things. And so we're not celebrating ourselves. We're praising God, who delights in using, using broken, imperfect people like me, like you, to do kingdom work, incredible work, great, awesome work for his name. My hope is at the end of this, uh, we will then lay on the table 2019 and say, God, will you do even greater work in 2019 as we yield ourselves to you? Will you do even greater things as we look ahead? So we're going to journey through uh, what we call our year in review. You can follow along actually with us. Uh, we have these year in review books that our team has put together. Uh, all the information is in here. You can follow along, uh, grab one of these after the service. Or right now, you can go to our website, crosswordswire.com, backslash year in review, and you can follow these numbers along right with us. I'm going to, but if you're looking at your phone, I'm going to guess, or iPad, I'm going to guess you're going to the website or you're looking at the Bible. You're not on Facebook or on social media, but, but you can go there right now and kind of follow along all the numbers in there. Our team has done a great job of putting that together for you to be able to celebrate what God has done. And so we're going to be talking numbers, but the goal of this is really to bring glory to God, to say, God, it's amazing how you have done your work through us, and we do well to think about these things because each of these numbers represent people that you have called us to reach and impact. Now, how are we going to do this? We're going to guide this conversation through our three core values. Here at Crossroads, we have three core values. We believe as a church, we're called to be a church committed to glorifying God. We're a church called to be connected in community, that we are better as we get smaller, as we get in small groups, and that we are a church called to share, that we believe every believer is a missionary sent out into the highways and byways of their lives, into the neighborhoods, workplaces, and families to make a difference for the cause of Christ. These are our core values. We believe this is what a disciple looks like. A disciple is all about the glory of God. A disciple is connected in biblical community. And a disciple is sharing the message of the gospel everywhere they go. And so this is what a disciple really looks like. And so we're committed to making disciples. So we're going to look at each of these core values uniquely. Now, as we look at these core values... They also have three subpoints. The reason they have three subpoints is because this is the way our strategic plan is built. How do we accomplish our core values? So we're going to look at the first one. We're a church committed to glorifying God through biblical teaching. Everything we do here is based upon what we see in the Bible. The Bible is our guide to, to move us along in life. And so we look at the Bible as the authority of our life and the authority of the affairs of our church. Godly stewardship. We believe that God has called us to use the time, treasure, and talent that he has given to us for his glory. And so we believe in godly stewardship. And then creativity to excellence. This is a core value since the beginning of Crossroads. We believe that God is highly creative and that, that as God is highly creative, we are called as creative people to bring him glory by being creative with excellence. And by doing that, we are pursuing his glory in that. So let's talk about some of these. First of all, biblical teaching. Uh, this past year, we had multiple sermon series 
uh, some which were my favorite. A couple, a couple things that really highlight it. We went through two books of the Bible. Uh, one was Reluctant Followers. We went through the book of James. That was a 13-week series, a pretty long series. And then we had this fall, the book of Jonah. By the way, one of my favorite series I've ever done has been the book of Jonah. I don't know if, if you were here, if you liked that series. I really enjoyed that series. I learned greatly from that small little power pack book, a story many of us know well, but we really don't know the depths of. And so I really love that. We went through at Easter, the seven final sayings of Jesus. We started the year with the Is It Yours series. We even talked about generations and the legacy that we're leaving behind. These were just some of the series that we had this past year. Um, by the way, this idea of biblical teaching overflows everything that we do. Um, can I share a little news? I didn't share this with any other, and I'm not meaning this to be, I'm giving God glory in this, but no other service got this, but in fact, two years ago, I did a series called The Idol Called Grace. Anybody remember back that far two years ago, early 2017, The Idol Called Grace? In fact, that series, we got some good feedback on that, is actually coming out of a book that I wrote this month, the end of this month, called The Idol Called Grace. I'm looking forward to being able to give that to you, uh, get that to you guys, but uh, I worked really hard on that and been working through that. So I'm excited how sermon series really get a chance to, to, to vamp out and reach out into uh, farther reaching places to be able to proclaim the good message of Jesus Christ. That's the point of this. In fact, one of the things that we're finding is that many people are beginning to follow what we teach online. In fact, we had this past year 11,000 service streamers, meaning these are people that are streaming our service online. And in order to be counted in this number, they had to watch at least 80% of our service. And see, so these are people that are watching intently. We have people from all over the country that watch our service. In fact, right now, there are people watching. This past service, we had somebody from Texas. They're friends with somebody here, and they watched our service. Now, we pray that they're engaging in a local church, but we believe there's a value to the fact that people are engaging our services. So our reach is larger than even this region, and we believe that's a growing aspect to our church. Uh, we had 62,400 sermon views through our Facebook page. So people were going back watching our sermon, 62,000 views on our sermon views. Some interesting statistics when it comes to biblical teaching. Then we move to godly stewardship. This is kind of the, the money aspect we're gonna talk about specifically. We're gonna talk about the serving aspect a little bit later. But godly stewardship, uh, uh, some of the general fund, people wonder what is our general fund like. In 2016, our general fund was 1.9 million. In 2017, our general fund was 2.02 million. And in 2018, our general fund giving was 2.07. In fact, uh, at the end of this year, we end it with almost 3% growth. So this number is actually higher than 2%. Almost 3% growth because of your faithfulness. That's an amazing number. I just want to give you a hand for your faithfulness. Um, by the way, this is interesting. I know some of you look at this, and, and I kind of want to answer this tension that we feel. This looks like, and it is, a big number. Right, $2 million. And there are some of you, you might say, Dave, man, the church doesn't need my money. Like, why would I give there? You guys are set, right? Two million dollars. Can I tell you an honest truth? This is absolutely true, and we have statistics to prove this. Do you realize of a church our size, our budget is actually a third of the size of normal churches our size? A third. The normal range for a church our size, and we're a church a little over 3,000 people, a normal range is actually six to eight million dollars per year. And so, 
we have two million a year. That's actually not a lot to be able to do what we do. When I talk to my pastor friends across the country, I'm in a few groups that we talk about these things, and I say to them, when they talk about the general fund giving, and they say, what is your general fund? And I say, well, it's 2.07 million. They're like, Dave, how do you, how do you guys do what you do at the level you do it with that amount of money? How do you get that accomplished? And I say, because we're a lean, mean, gospel-preaching, kingdom-building machine. I had to practice saying that. I just want to say it one more time because I, I really I practice. We, because we're a lean, mean, gospel-proclaiming, kingdom-building machine. We, we, yeah, you can clap again. That's, we get more done with little than I think any other church in America. I really believe that. And I'm not, this is not, a, not, not saying we just need more money. What I'm saying is our team is very, very intentional about using our money for the glory of God. And that's why we talk about this, because we want to celebrate that we're seeing a trend go up, which is very healthy. By the way, uh, for a long time in Crossroads, it was very stagnant. So we're excited to see the trend go up. If you're not joining us in giving, we want to ask you to join us. We believe there's more yet to do. And so God is calling us to that. And so we are a lean machine. By the way, our staff size is very lean for a church our size. We, we focus on team members, volunteers that do a lot of the work of the ministry here at Crossroads. Um, by the way, our missions giving, not included in our general fund budgeting is missions giving. There's a small portion that is included in our general fund, budding, bu- general fund budget, but we are constantly trying to build in more missions giving into our general fund. We believe that makes us healthier. But, but up until this point, our missions giving has been outside of our general fund giving. And so above and beyond our general fund, this is what comes out with missions. Now again, we're slowly building that in to our budget because we think that's so important to reflect that we're giving out as we're taking in. But here's a few of our partners, Global Elite. Uh, who, that trains pastors, Chris Davis, who trains pastors around the world, church leaders around the world, Adopt the Child, Mission Impact in Guatemala, which a team of 28 people from Crossroads are there right now. Uh, by the way, do you remember, I'll show you this one, do, do you remember uh, the volcano uh, relief that we took an offering, a one-time offering to help with the volcano relief out of, out of the devastation in Guatemala? Um, our team there in Guatemala right now is dedicating some property that was bought by these funds to help rebuild the people that lost their homes in Guatemala. Uh, yeah, you can clap for that. So our, our team is able to be there to celebrate with them and to help dedicate that land of the Lord. Um, Richland Pregnancy Services, this is just a few of the new store mission trips. If you add up all of our missions giving, our total missions giving is $492,367. It comes through Crossroads, out into our community, out around the world. This is what comes through you. Can we just give the Lord a hand for that? <laughs> Amazing to think the amount of money that God uses. God takes this money and uses it to multiply his kingdom uh, in Cambodia, in Guatemala, Guatemala, in the Philippines, in, through Global Lead, through the new store here, through, through ministry right here in our own backyard, uh, through Richland rich Pregnancy Services. Uh, amazing ministries that we get to be a part of. And then creativity with excellence, as we look at this last point. Uh, again, our team is very intentional about being creative. One of the ways we're very creative, uh, by the way, this year we had the Night of Worship, which we hosted at the Renaissance Theater, uh, the Priscilla Schreier uh, simulcast, the Big Daddy Weave concert, the Washington, D.C. trip. I know some of you that went on that trip are still talking about how great that trip was. By the way, 2019, we have a cruise plan. If you're looking to connect, you can come on a cruise with me. 
The only rule is don't bring a Speedo. We're going to have a great time together. And uh, so we, we had this opportunity to be creative in the way that we do ministry, to connect people, and then to bring the gospel. One of the ways we do that is through our special services. We look at Easter and Christmas as an opportunity to engage the lost around us. This is really not meant for just we who are part of Crossroads. This is meant to reach out to those neighbors, those coworkers that maybe at Easter and Christmas will be susceptible to hearing the gospel. They will be susceptible to coming to church. And so we take great delight in that. And this past year, uh, we had 4,443 people attend our Easter services. We gave out 72 uh, decision packets at Easter. Uh, yeah, you can clap at that. Our Christmas attendance was actually this past Christmas, 5,857. This is our largest Christmas attendance ever. We had eight services spread over two campuses. God did some amazing things. We gave out 62 packets uh, during these Christmas services, the largest services ever uh, at Crossroads. Uh, amazing. Uh, by the way, our creative department is, is using media. We're realizing this. We're realizing that the front door of the church is not right out there. The front door of the church is actually online. People actually engage us far greater online than they ever have before. And what's happening is people already know who we are before they ever come in the doors. And so one of the things that we're really working on is how do we use media to get the message of who we are out. And so this past year, we were very intentional with that. We had 267,000 minutes of video viewed. What that means is that the creative videos that you've seen this year have actually gone viral. Now some of you are like, what does that mean, Dave? Well, I want you to think about a viral sickness, except it's good. That's what it means. It goes out, it's viral on the, the media sites. And so 267,000 minutes have been viewed. 31,900 unique visits to our own website. And so these are people just uniquely clicking. Some of them are right in this room, of course, but they're clicking uniquely on our website. 133,000 page views on our website. And these are just inf information just to help us understand how we're trying to be creative in a broader market of being online and approachable to a larger range of people. Uh, but none of this compares to personal stories. And so I want to take a moment and let you hear a story about how, as a church, being committed to glorifying God affects people and helps people realize and fulfill their potential in Christ. Take a look at this video. Hi, I'm Sally. Nine months ago, I moved to this city, and I found this church, and I realized I wanted to make a new commitment to God. So when I moved here, I had five churches on my list that I wanted to visit, and Crossroads was the first one. And you know what? We never left. And I think what I loved about it was I really felt the presence of God here. I felt that God wanted me to be here for a reason. And as I see all the opportunities for serving here and how many different ways there are for me to grow in my walk with the Lord, I knew that this was going to be my church home. So the first thing we did after attending Crossroads was to sign up for a Crossroads 101 class. And there I learned that I wanted to be baptized. So I signed up for the first baptism that the church had. And from there, the next opportunity was to join a small group. And so we joined a small group in our community, which has really made a big difference in our lives. And then I signed up for the Samaritan's Purse trip to North Carolina, which was one of the most fabulous things that I have ever done. And of course, since I'm a yes person, the Adopt a Child program came along 
and I signed up for that too. And that also was such a huge blessing to me. So since I didn't know anyone in this town when I moved here, I knew I wanted to find a church family. And for me, that was Crossroads. I really encourage you, if you're looking for a family, a church family, to get more committed here. And maybe that could be salvation, or maybe take the step of baptism, or sign up for a community group, or any of the activities that Crossroads has. And it will really enrich your life in ways that you can't even imagine. So appreciate Sally sharing her story. It's amazing to see what God is doing in her and her husband and as they grow in their faith in Christ. Amazing things. We, we move to our second core value, connected in community. Again, we have three sub uh, points to this core value. These are strategies as to how we hope to accomplish. First of all, that we're connected in community as we worship with others. This gathering is part of the calling that we have to connect. By meeting in groups, we believe that we're better as we get smaller. And that uh, if you're not connected in community, in a group, you're missing out on what really it means to be the church, to be a part of the body of Christ. And then serving in teams. This is a chance to use our gifts. We believe every person is gifted uniquely by God. And as you use your gifts for the glory of God, we become a better church. We get served better as a result of that. And so these are the ways that we connect in community. And again, amazing things that God has done. These are some of the numbers for us. As we look at worshiping with others, our attendance um, in 2016 was 8%. In 2017, we had uh, an amazing growth, 15% increase. In 2019, we had a very healthy, steady increase of 9%. In fact, we had over first 500 first-time visitors fill out a visitor card at Crossroads in 2018. Now, they represent families. Some of them were one family that filled out a card for the entire family. And so we probably had about 800 first-time visitors to Crossroads this past year. Amazing numbers. In fact, we moved to our children's ministry, our Crossroads Kids. We, have, we service about 1,600 kids per month. We had eight preteens baptized this past year. We had 13 families dedicate their children to the Lord. We then moved to our generations ministry. Um, again, these numbers, uh, we see growth in every department. 150, stu- 150 students per weekend attend Crossroads. 100 students come to our midweek groups. We, ha- we serve about 450 students in our student ministries, our generation ministries. Now, let me put that in perspective. 450 students represent 28 school districts. We serve 28 school districts. Um, and I double-checked that because I was like, Pastor Mike, is this true? And, and he confirmed that 28 school districts in our region we serve through the 450. Now, I know what some of you are thinking because you're smart. If we have 450 students, why do you only see 150 on a weekend? That's our problem. Uh, The problem is, both in our children's and our youth ministries, the average attendee only comes one or two times a month. We're, We're asking that, by the way, kids can't drive themselves, most of them. So, we're asking you as parents to commit yourself to coming and being part. We, we put together great services. We, we, we come and proclaim the word together. We try to challenge and encourage and equip and, and celebrate what God is doing. And so we're asking, could you show up for, you know, give an hour and a half of your time on a Sunday, on a weekend, on a Saturday, to come and be a part of what God is doing. We believe our kids are better when they're faithful in church. They're going to realize the importance of it. But our statistics indicate very highly that the average kid only comes one to two times a month. And so, 
uh, that affects this attendance, but more than that, it affects their lives. We believe that. And so that's something we want to get better at. We've talked a lot about that. Now, we're excited about all these things. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you know this or not, the result of some of these numbers led us to be a part of a study that was done by Outreach Incorporated along with Lifeway Research. They do a study of 30,000 churches, a survey of 30,000 churches throughout the U.S. We were one of them this past year. And they named us the 31st fastest growing church in the United States. We were the fourth fastest growing church in the Midwest region. And uh, that was uh, for this past year. So amazing things. Uh, 2017 to 2018, we were the 31st fastest growing church according to their 30,000 church survey. And uh, got to celebrate that. Now, what did that give us? What did that bring us? Um, we got some magazines, and we got a little plaque, and that's it. it I mean, not, not, but I will say, here's what's interesting. This has grown the reach of Crossroads. Uh, th- there, there's a grown reach throughout the, throughout the U.S. Uh, that people are watching us. Believe it or not, people are watching. Now, think about that. As a church, what greater compliment could there be when other churches are watching what Crossroads is doing to see what they should be doing? And that's really what's happening around the country. I have friends that are watching us every weekend. They're watching our service. They're looking at our website. They're checking out what we're doing. And, and they're, they're building based upon what we're doing. So we are getting to be trendsetters. Now, we might not dress like trendsetters. But as a church, we're actually trendsetters. And, and I don't say that lightly. Again, to the glory of God, God has given us that position. None of us have earned that, deserved that, or created that. That's God giving us that position. And so we're excited about what God is doing through this. Let's move to the next one, meeting in groups. Uh, again, going through some of these quickly. Uh, one of the core values is that we connect in community. We want to meet in groups. We had over 200 classes in community groups and connection groups. We had this past year 2,939 individuals participate in groups over the course of the year. That was double what it was last year. So we believe we're starting to build the culture that says you got to be in community. you got to be in engaged in, in uh, and together in small groups. And so we're seeing that happen. Pastor Doug has done a great job of, of making that happen. Our team has done a great job. And then serving in teams. Um, every weekend, uh, we have about, uh, I think it's 1,600, 1,500 volunteers serving in over 60 areas of ministry. Uh, in fact, we added up all the hours it would take to have services here and in Shelby. It would take over 50,000 team hours to actually provide our weekend services here and in Shelby. 50,000 hours of team members serving to make sure that what we do on the weekends actually happen. That's a pretty large number, and that's because of your faithfulness to serve here at Crossroads. And and then next steps. You know, one of the things that we've seen, our next steps, we, we put that area in this past year to say we want people to take a next step, whether it's a next step with Jesus, a next step with the church, a next step in serving, a next step in connecting. We put that area called next steps. Um, pastor Jesse, our next steps pastor, oversees that. We have seen over 500 people that took next steps in 2018. They said, I want to take a next step in serving, connecting, or with Christ. And so we're excited uh, that area is working to help us with a path to be a part of what our church is doing. Again, there's so much more we could talk about connecting the community, but I want to uh, bring this story to you that really shares how leading a group, being a part of a group, can help serve the church. Take a look at this video. Hi, my name is Joy, and this is my community story. So I was a little reluctant to join a community group at Crossroads. I had always thought that a group was something that 
would cause me to share everything about my personal life with God. And I felt that was my story between me and him. And I talked to a couple different people and finally it was brought to me the realization that it's not so much about being perfect biblically, but it's that your story that you have might be able to help someone else. All those experiences that you've had might actually be able to help another person. And that's what happened for me. What I found through leading a group was that when we come together and that we connect with each other, that it helps us get through situations in life that we don't think we'll ever be able to get through again. I've been able to connect with so many different people on so many different levels and continue those relationships, not only in the first group that I participated in with my husband, but through the other groups that I participated in, and now especially the groups that I've been able to lead. Crossroads is a really big church, and I know that I felt that maybe just coming to church was enough, just being here and around all of these people was going to be enough. But then I recognized that I felt that I needed a little bit more. And so becoming a part of a group has made me feel more connected and made it not seem so overwhelming. And everybody's just like me. It doesn't matter how big or small the church is. We all need God. We all need to be together. And we all need to be connected in community. And that we can do as part of these groups. Appreciate uh, Joy and Rich Chandler. They're active in our groups, and Joy's led a group, and, and her and Rich do uh, great work with our groups and our first impressions team. Appreciate them. We now move to our third core value that is called to share. Again, personal, local, three, three ways, personal, local, and global. Uh, personally, uh, we, we shared the gospel this year. It, it's been amazing to see what God has done in the lives of people. We had 195 decisions for Christ, many of them at Easter and at Christmas. Yeah, you can... Celebrate that. We had 100 people baptized, and uh, that's exciting. When people take a next step to publicly declare their inner faith, inward faith. And then we had 85 new members, as you heard earlier. Those people, we've, we've been highlighting membership a little bit more because we think it's valuable to say, I want to commit to the church. I want to be a part of it. And so membership is a way uh, to commit to say, I, 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 I want to be a part of the family of Crossroads. And so we're thankful for those who took steps with Jesus Christ this past year. And then locally, uh, we again, a lot of great outreach happened specifically through our city center, uh, which is serving, has served this past year in an amazing way. We can't even put up the number of things that happened at our city center. Uh, Nicole Blakely, who led our city center, has done a fantastic job. That, that uh, baton has now been passed off to Jesse, who is now our city center campus pastor. Uh, we actually have a new staff member as well that's going to be helping with program directing there that you'll hear about. It, it's amazing some of the programs that took place, some of the needs that are still there. Uh, you'll hear about some of the summer reading program, the Superhero Training Academy, and the after-school tutoring for grades four through six. Uh, Sherman Elementary, remember we took an offering for Sherman Elementary to be able to have a washer and dryer, and Nicole brought that need to us, and that need's been met, and there's still connection happening at the school there. Uh, foster and adoption training. By the way, if you're interested in, in having children not, to not go without families, uh, we have foster and adoption training that is going to be happening this next semester that you can be a part of. And then My City Mentoring with Mid-Ohio Youth Mentoring, the program. We, we have about 40 young men who are mentored through men here at Crossroads. I think it's 30-some men who are young men, kids, that are being mentored by men from Crossroads all centered and based out of our city center. And so we praise the Lord for the work that he's done locally through our city center. And I can mention so many others. The downtown Trigger Treat, we hosted that. Christmas time in the city, we were one of the hosts. We, we helped support that. The, the, the cleanup block party. Uh, so many other things that we could mention that happened 
through our Sydney Center locally, the uh, back-to-school bash at O.C. Hill. We were a part of that. Um, and then Adopt-A-Child. Again, one of the highlights. So appreciate Dar Rudrick and her work with the Adopt-A-Child program. We were able to serve 1,072 kids here in this area as well as in Shelby. Over 500 volunteers were here working that week. We had 500 dozen cookies. I just want to clap for that. I just want to clap for 500 dozen cookies. That is what made me kick off the diet at the new year because a hundred dozen of those came to me. And No, I'm just kidding. Um, some of you are like, no, you're not kidding, Dave. And 112 bikes, six beds, it amazing. I mean, just what God did. Thank you for your faithfulness. And then, and then we moved to Global. And, uh, man, I, I can't, so much we can mention about all of these things. Uh, we had 141 people travel on short-term mission trips. Let me tell you why that's so important. Last year, we made a goal that we would, we would send 25% more people on mission trips. We believe that your life changes. Your eyes open when you see what God is doing around the world. And so we, we sent, by the way, we made that goal, 25% more people on short-term mission trips this past year. 141 people. We have 28 that are right now in Guatemala. By the way, if you're interested in, in a mission trip, you better start signing up because our mission trips for this year are already becoming packed. People wanting to go. We're thankful. We believe that's the heart of our church is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. We had 73 students that traveled to Louisville to do inner city mission work. Uh, again, probably the highlight of the students' years. I know my boys call it the highlight of the year for them. If you add up all the mission impact, locally and globally, if you add it all up, uh, we had about 1,978 volunteers that served in mission impact. And if you could add up the hours, there were 49,741 hours by crossroads making impact in our region and around the world this past year. Amazing reality. But... I can only tell part of it. I want you to hear this story about an impact locally. You don't have to go very far to make an impact. Right from our own city center during our Superhero Training Academy. Listen to this story about the impact that impact had on Sydney. Hi, I'm Cindy, and I had the opportunity to share at the Crossroads City Center last summer with the Superhero Training Academy. With the Superhero Training Academy, we were able to partner with Mansfield City Schools and had the opportunity to work with those students who during the summer need that little extra push with academics. And what a great time that was, just being able to hang out with them and encourage them and work with them on their reading skills and literacy. When my family and I started attending here a little over three years ago, we were looking for different ways to um, become a part of the Crossroads family and just um, for different opportunities. And there are so many opportunities here at Crossroads and in the community for families and individuals to serve. And the city center was that for me. And what a blessing it was to be with those kids and kids that don't come to Crossroads to church. The teacher in me kind of had my own agenda that, oh, I'm gonna go help these kids and help increase their reading levels. And it was kind of that teacher tutor mentality when I went into this. But it was so much more because when those little kids came in every day smiling, looking for their favorite teenager or their favorite adult that they got to work with, it was just such a blessing to see that they craved that attention from others and that we were able to show them God's love through this um, training academy for the summer. 
we give Cindy a hand. Appreciate Patrick and Cindy Reynolds, and Cindy's a teacher, as you heard. She spent her summer serving, and uh, what amazing impact it had uh, on the lives of those kids. An amazing event that we were able to host there at the city center. Now, before we end, I, I want to give a, a quick update and some new news about our Vision 2020 campaign. If you remember, uh, two years ago, we launched a campaign, a three-year campaign called Vision 2020. What it was, was a, a, a renewal of our commitment to make a difference in our region. And we had three aspects to this campaign. It was a $1 million campaign that we asked our church to commit to over three years. And it was for three things. A downtown city center, mortgage elimination. Remember we shared that our mortgage is a, almost $24,000 a month for this building. And we believe that we would be good stewards of God if we could pay this off. And so part of this vision, Vision 2020, was to pay off our debt in three years to be out from under the weight of this mortgage. And then lastly, multi-venue campus. We believe there's a strategy that says people aren't looking for just a bigger place and bigger buildings, but as we grow, we need more space. And so the way we do that is grow bigger by getting smaller. And so multi-venue campuses. Uh, just to give you an update of where we're at, uh, we had 1.1 million committed when we launched that campaign two years ago. We have received $770,000 of that money. So what that means is we are right on track. For those of you that committed to that campaign, we are right on track to end this year as we said we would do. So if you've committed, keep doing. One more year we've got left uh, to fulfill this commitment. And uh, so we're excited. We're right on track. It's 777000 that's been received. We're looking forward to wrapping this up. And by the way, when we do end, uh, we're going to take that mortgage note and we're going to burn it. And we're going to send off fireworks. We might even have a dance party. Come on. I love dance parties. We, we had one a couple years ago. It was great. So seriously, we, we may have a dance party just to celebrate the fact that this mortgage is gone. So that will free up so much money to be able to do ministry freely for the glory of Jesus Christ. Um, a couple of things, just to highlight, obviously completed in 2017 our city center, uh, and then our mortgage elimination, we have already given 300000 toward our mortgage elimination. We are on track. This year, 2019, is we call it the tight year. We're going to really grip down to be able to pay that off. Our plan is at the end of the year to celebrate that and to wrap up this campaign well. Um, so uh, jump on board if you're not yet. I'll tell you a little bit about that in a moment. And, and then uh, our multi-venue campuses. We launched Shelby in October of this past year, just about 12, 13 weeks ago. Just to give you a little highlight, we are averaging in Shelby about 195 attendees. Um, yeah, amazing. We have about 240 people that would call the Shelby campus home. Uh, we already, within 10 weeks of launching, we baptized our first two people there, which is really something we're celebrating. Um, can I tell you what we're finding with this? Do you know that over 100 people that attend Shelby, our Shelby campus, never have been to Crossroads? So what we're finding, yeah, you can, I mean, what that tells us is helping communities reach into their neighborhoods, helping people reach their neighborhoods, is really something that we ought to look at and really be strategizing about. Because Shelby is proof of that. Over 100 people that attend Shelby have never been to Crossroads. They don't attend Crossroads. They knew about Crossroads, but they want to go to church in Shelby. And because of the neighborhood, because of the neighbors, because of the coworkers, now there's 100 new people that are at Crossroads as a result of putting a campus in Shelby. 
Uh, again, and we are one church in multiple locations. So they're there. They're still crossroads. They're just as much crossroads as we are. Pastor Josh and the team Milo and Angie Mayhek, who's our children's director, is doing a phenomenal job there. And we're excited about what God is doing in Shelby. By the way, we also have a prison campus. Our prison campus, Dr. Rich Nichols, a retired doctor, he, he uh, felt this, this calling in him. And he came to us and said, hey, can I go preach in the prison and, and help lead a crossroads group there? And what ended up transpiring is we then put a campus there that he goes in every Friday night with a team of people from Crossroads, goes in every Friday night, and they do a service. They have their own worship team. This past year, they served over 1,400 men that attended. Over 1,400 men. 22 men were baptized in the prison. Isn't that awesome? In, in fact, it's starting to take root what Cross are doing. They've asked Dr. Nichols to actually speak at four different other uh, jails in the area uh, as a result of the ministry. Every Friday night, they're there. 52 weeks of the year, they were there serving faithfully. And so I just, I just want to give them a hand. Those that team that goes there. That... By the way, if you're looking to do prison ministry, you don't have to do it from the inside. You can go from the, from the outside. There's different <laughs> strategies. Um, now, as we look at 2018, um, or 2019, 2018 has been an amazing year, but there are greater things that God wants to do, I believe. And we're excited to announce to you uh, something new that God has brought on our lap. We didn't expect it in 2019. And I want to show it to you. Take a look at this video. Yeah, so we're excited to announce in 2019 we are launching a Lexington campus at 159 Frederick Street in Lexington. Now some of you might say, well, how did this come about? A few months back, we were a, one of our elders was approached by someone connected in the church there. Uh, it is Christ Lutheran Church, and uh, the conversation came, hey, we heard you're, you're, doing, you're doing this thing in Shelby. We would like to talk to you about where we're at. That created a conversation. We actually went, uh, one of the elders, myself, uh, and Pastor Winter, our executive pastor, we went and met with them and sat down with their, their board on multiple occasions and said, here's what we do, here's the package. We're not looking to buy buildings. We don't have the money to buy buildings. Uh, we're just trying to, to reach people with the gospel. And uh, one of the questions I always ask in those conversations, we've had multiple conversations with churches, is what is your dream for this place? And one of the dreams that many churches have that are struggling is they want to see families and kids running through their property. And we said, well, listen, I believe we can do that. I believe that's what we have at Crossroads. And so uh, it began a conversation. They didn't know for sure if this is what they wanted. In fact, they put that building up for sale. It didn't sell, and they tested the waters, and it came back to us, and they voted as a church to give us their building. Um, with And what we agreed to give them, because obviously we weren't looking to buy a building, is a good grace offering that would go into a foundation, the Richland County Foundation, that could be used for education. And so we agreed upon a good grace offering, uh, and we got the building. And we actually signed the paperwork this past Monday. Uh, we officially now own that building. 
pray for their church. They're going to be finishing up this next month of ministry. They're going to be cleaning things out. And obviously, we, we want to partner with them any way we can. Uh, we are going to be going in there and build, putting a campus in Lexington. By the way, Lexington is our third largest attendance uh, place of attendance. I live in Lexington. Anybody else out here live in Lexington? It is our third largest attendance location. And so uh, we're going to be looking for people that would love to attend a smaller location, uh, grow larger by getting smaller and helping reach in and throughout Lexington. By the way, we have talked to some of our partnering churches in the Lexington area to make sure that they're on board and understand that we're not there to take anybody's church people. We're there to reach people that are not yet reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so uh, we're excited about that opportunity. Take a drive by 159 Frederick Street. Pray as you go by there. So what are we asking you to do? Let me give you a couple things. First of all, would you pray with us? We believe 2019 is going to be even greater than 2018. I believe God wants to do that as we yield our lives to him. He wants to make himself known in a world that desperately needs him. Uh, and then secondly, we don't need money to buy the building. It's bought. We, we, we got this building. But we do need money to help satisfy what we will need to do in that building. And so I want to give this pledge out to you. If you have not yet committed to our 2020 vision campaign, we have one more year left. Maybe you're new and you weren't here when we kicked this thing off. Inside your program, there's a card. We're going to ask you, would you jump on board this campaign for one year? God is doing some amazing things through our church. We're asking, would you jump on board and would you commit over the next year to give above and beyond your tithes and offerings to help us fulfill what we're finding in Shelby, which is true, is that when we put a campus in a location, neighbors reach their neighbors. And uh, we're seeing it in Shelby. We believe it'll happen in Lexington as well. And so what we're asking from you, uh, we're asking $120,000. Now, our 2020 vision campaign is wrapped up. We're going to pay off our, our debt, our mortgage. We are committed to that. The, the, the quicker we are able to see money come in or commit it for the year, the quicker we'll be able to get the campus rolling in Lexington. And so we're asking, would you consider? By the way, there are some of you, maybe you committed to Vision 2020, and you're saying, you know what, for the next year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a step of faith. I'm going to give a little bit more to help meet the need that's going to happen in Shelby. We believe there are people waiting to be reached. By the way, if 300 families gave just 400 extra dollars throughout the year, not one time, just throughout the year, this would be met. That's all it takes. Now, I'm not saying $400 is chump change, but that's doable if you spread it out over 12 months. And so we're just asking you, would you take a card, would you pray about it, fill this out, put the amount on there, drop it in the mailbox. You don't have to give the money yet, drop it in the mailbox, we'll be in contact with you uh, about how you then can get signed up to be able to have this come out in any way that you want. So we, we want to thank you. I just want to celebrate what God has done through you in 2018. Amazing year. But can I tell you, we're not satisfied. We're not satisfied until every person hears the message that Jesus can save. That hears the message that his word is true. That hears the message their lives can be changed, turned from darkness to light. And so that's our goal. That's our goal to make disciples who go out and proclaim that message. To do the greater work of taking the mission of Jesus, proclaiming the message of Jesus to a world that desperately needs it. Would you stand with me as you pray? And we're going to end. I know we're a little over time. We're going to end with a song. I just want to end with a, a moment of worship where we celebrate what God has asked of us. Celebrate what God has done. To be able to say, God, do it again. Do it again in us. Do it amazingly, exceedingly above all that we could ask or think. Would you bow with me? God, I want to thank you for this time just to remember. God, your word talks about remembering. Because remembering has a way to fuel our future. 
when we remember, we remember how faithful you've been, how good you've been, how, how glorious it's been on the journey. And as we remember, we then press on in faith, knowing that what you want to do next may not be easy, but it will be just as glorifying to you. And so God, we, we yield our lives, we yield our church to you, and we pray, do it again. Lord, Lord do even more in 2019. God, there's more lives to be changed. There are, more, there are more disciples to be made. There's more that need to be connected in community. There's more that need to use their gifts to serve you. There's more that need to go on mission trips. There, there's more that need to be served in our city. There's more needs than ever before in, in, in our own city here in Mansfield and in the surrounding cities. God, there's more needs that are multiplying every day. And so, God, for us, we, we, we need to work all the more harder to be able to bring the good news in the midst of devastation around the world, there is still good news that you transform lives. And so God, may we be a church that leads people to that truth, that truth of your name that transforms them. Offer your name, Jesus Christ, the founder, the president, the CEO, uh, the lover of this church, the founder of this church, the one who gave your life for this church. God, it's in your name, Jesus Christ, that we look to do the greater works for you, through your spirit, in your name. Amen. Amen. Let's sing this song to him.